Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. And welcome to another edition of The Coaching Show. My name is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach, because you have to say it that way. Uh, here in uh, in our Zoom room, like everybody is these days, uh, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Alex, where are you? Look around outside. What are you doing? I am still in Thousand Oaks, California. I've been here for, man, almost a month now. Now, you uh, hold up with your parents, but you actually live somewhere else, right? What was the, yeah. what was the plan there? You wanted to watch over them? <laughs> I live in San Diego. Uh, my parents just kept kind of saying, we want you to come up here. And I shared this on a previous episode. I was like, I can't come up there. I'm going to kill you guys. Not like yeah. literally like with a knife. Or it wasn't a, a threat. Yeah. No, yeah. It wasn't a threat. It was a like, what if I'm asymptomatic and you guys are older and my dad is not the healthiest. And I think I shared this with you last time. My mom was like, you know what? I can control, I can control seeing you and I would rather spend time with you not knowing what's going to happen. And I can't control whether I get sick or not. Yeah. Um, so I said, okay. And I had just gotten a new puppy like a few days before that. And there, you know, I live in an apartment by the beach in San Diego and up and downstairs with a puppy and carpet didn't seem like the best idea. And hardwood floors in a backyard seemed like a great training facility. So I feel like I'm at puppy spring training, actually. That's what we're <laughs> nice. doing. It's the only spring training we're getting this year. Yeah. Now, that, that voice is uh, belongs to Alex Terranova. He is a, a professional coach in his fifth, is that right? Fifth full year of, yeah. of coaching. And uh, you... Uh, are available at thedreammason.com. He's also the host of the Dream Mason podcast and the author of Fictional Authenticity. Uh, anything you want to say, plug, or um, or explain about your work? Mm. Uh, I don't think there's... The you know, I think the things that I would want to throw in for people is we just, me and a couple colleagues, just launched a program called How Not to Lose Your Shit and Other Mindfulness Tools. Oh, it has a bad word. And really, it is a... We really, the three of us came together with three different, um, one is more Eastern mindfulness, yoga, Ayurvedic, Reiki kind mm -hmm. of things. One is a doctor of organizational psychology. And then there's me. Um, they sound like they'd be great co-hosts for this. I know. They're fantastic. Um, but we, and, and you know, me as a performance coach, and we put our minds together and we said, what do people re need right now? And it's foundation. That if, if this whole thing has knocked us all off our foundation, so how can we over a 30-day free challenge support people to create some foundation? So whatever they're up to, they can at least feel like they have some, I don't know, like integrity and commitment within themselves. So we launched last night mm. and it was the first call. People can still join though. Um, okay. Where do we and, go? Uh, how do we find it? Uh, if, if you, you know, if you reach out to me at alex at the dreammason.com or alex or inspirational alex on Instagram, I can send you the link or connect you. Uh, it's on Eventbrite also at how not to lose your shit and other mindfulness tools. Um, but it's free. It's a 30 day challenge. And the goal is to help support people through those 30 days. And uh, last night we had 140 people sign up. Um, we almost over maxed the Zoom room. Oh. Which would have been a cool problem to have. Um, <laughs> you could, and, you would have started your own. I know you would be like, everybody follow me. Well, we were thinking, I was like, how cool would it be to say like, people love when things are sold out, right? Like when there's mm -hmm. a line in front of the club, we were going to say, you know, Hey, we sold out and I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. Put velvet uh. ropes outside of our house and pretend. <laughs> <laughs> or inside. Better yeah. yet. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry, ma'am. <laughs> Even when ma'am is your mom. <laughs> I'm sorry. Gonna need to see some ID. Actually, right. let me give you this. You'll like this. So my mom did join us. My mom is a therapist. Oh no! Yeah, you want to see it? she joined us. And then uh, one of the other co-hosts, one of my other co-creators, her father joined us. Well, wow. at the end of the thing, he messaged his daughter. He's divorced and single. I want Sandy to be my accountability buddy. And yeah, she, he does. I'm like, Sandy's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Get back. I was like, go mom. That's so great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, I'd like credit for all the jokes that I'm not making. Uh, what we need to talk about is, um, so everybody's going virtual. I still, this is hilarious. European mentors and coaching, uh, uh, EMCC, Mentor Coaching, can't remember the last C, uh, it was kind enough to invite me to speak this year in their at their conference in Paris. And I'm like, 
speaking in Paris, I'm there. So uh, I've been very excited. You know, I'm going to go to Paris for a week to speak for an hour because that's how things roll. And um, of course, it's in June. And so I'm expecting any day to get a notice, right, that they've canceled it, that they're going to make it virtual or something. No notice. So I've still got air tickets to go to Paris and speak in June. Meanwhile, uh, the conversation among Masters Conference set for May is now happening. They're doing a great thing where they um, they are having the conference virtually this year and crediting everybody's registration to now next year's conference. So essentially they're going to lose money this year, but go into uh, oh, wow. next year with a full conference. I think uh, the ICF, um, oh, the regional conferences for spring have all been made virtual. And um, I just gave a talk at ICF Orange County, uh, which was very well received and very well attended. So I think a lot of people are doing learning online these days and, you know, grasping for anything <laughs> that they can, that they can do to uh, expand their minds and, and mindsets. Is it um, different? Do you have a different experience when you're leading or speaking virtually than in person? I do. And I like to stand up and I wasn't. <laughs> so there was a lot of, there was a lot of this kind of leaning in as, as if to, eat the screen, which is not, you know, <laughs> Godzilla. No, just me. Um, but it was, it was good. And I really loved the participation. Um, so shout out to the ICF chapter in, uh, in Orange County, California. Uh, what else do we know about conferences? It's not a year for the ICF. Uh, it's just regional conferences. And most of those are set for summer or fall. So we haven't decided yet. Anything that you, uh, anything else you want to talk about before we bring on our extraordinary guest? No, no, let's get to our guest. Let's get to our you know, extraordinary I, guest. I totally fact. screwed up because I didn't find out how to say his last name. So I'm going to massacre his last name and then he's going to hate us and it's all going to be my fault. I feel terrible. But um, did you do your homework? Did you do the mindset I, evaluation? I did. I did do my homework. Yeah. Yeah. Last oh, minute. I did last too. Minute, just, just like in school, like slid in and then right before class. But I did. I did, uh, I did too. Did you agree with the assessment results? You know, I... We're going to talk about him before. Yeah, we can talk about it. I don't. I had. I had. I did agree with it. And while I was taking it, some of the questions, I was like, I don't know the answer to this. And I was like, I guess I'm just giving the answer that I think is the best. So you were but, whining while you were doing it. Yeah, I was complaining to myself. I was like, I don't even know myself. Who is this guy? <laughs> nice. Uh, um, I liked it because it was on a sliding scale, and I like everything that's on a sliding scale except my rates. Um, all right. Ryan, I'm just going to go for it. He can correct us. Uh, Ryan Gottfriedson is a doctor. He's a PhD, cutting-edge mindset author, researcher, and consultant. He works with organizations as well as teams and leaders to improve their mindset. He's got a, a doctorate in uh, behavior and human wait organizational behavior and human resources. He's uh, also the author of a book, which is how we ran into him, Success Mindsets, the key to unlocking greater success in your life, work, and leadership. And on his website, which is Ryan Gottfriedson, and I sure hope I'm pronouncing that properly, which is R-Y-A-N-G-O-T-T-R-F-S-F-R-E-T-S-O-N. You're going to have to play it back and listen to it. R-Y-A-N-G-O-T-T-F-R-E-D-S-O-N.com. We're delighted to welcome to our microphone, Ryan. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me out. You got the last name right, and I think you probably oh. pronounce it better than I do most of the time. So. <laughs> Hey, uh, look around outside. Where are you today? Uh, Orange County, California. And Dude, I was uh, just there. Did you come out? Yeah. You did not come out and see me. It, no, well, I, I ran by the river trail. So if you were on the river trail, <laughs> I may have seen you. All right. Um, you, uh, you are excited about mindsets and you say that they're, they're necessary for our current and future success. Man, everybody's mindset that I'm talking to these days is on one thing. We're all dealing with the pandemic in our own way. And I don't know about you, but I'm having some mood swings, or so my wife tells me. What, uh, what do you think is the number one mindset issue that we're dealing with these days with dealing with the pandemic and staying home? So I'm going I'm to, I don't think that there's one mindset issue, but mm. it is a situation that is incentivizing us to take on some of the more negative mindsets. So um, I imagine in your work, you talk about mindsets quite a bit. Um, I, I think that one of the perspectives of my book and of the research that I've done is I pulled together four different sets of mindsets that have been researched over the last 30 years. Um, and I put them together into one framework. And what the current situation is doing for us is it's 
it's causing us to want to self-protect. And when we are in self-protection mode, we have a tendency to develop more negative mindsets. And so we've got to be really intentional about not kind of being this turtle that's being pulled into our shell. Uh, We've got to stay out of our shell and we've got to look for opportunities instead of self-protecting to kind of lifting and advancing those around us. That's so good because one of the things I'm surprised about is how many crazy conspiracy theories are proliferating now. And, you know, everybody's got a, a, even people that are normally, you know, like my staff, right, comes in with, well, you know, this whole thing started. And it's like, no, I, I don't believe that. And I don't think that's actually true. But it makes sense because if we're in that self-protection mode, then our negative mindsets need something to focus on, right? So it's like, uh, who's the, who to blame, who to get? for this whole thing. Um, what, uh, Alex and I have taken the, the mindset assessment that's online and it's free, right? Any, anybody can go there and do it. Do, uh, do you want to find out about our mindsets or do you feel like you already know just from having heard us talk? No, well, no, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen your results. Uh, so it's a, for those that are interested, it's a 20 question assessment and it's the items in this assessment are based upon validated measures from the last 30 years of research on mindsets. And so it's nothing, anything that I've, I've necessarily is, is my creation. I'm just pulling together the, um, kind of a, a mindset framework to help people awaken to our mindsets because, what we don't realize is that 90% of our thinking, feeling, judging, and acting is driven by our non-conscious automatic processing. Mm-hmm. Well, what drives our non-conscious automatic processing is our mindsets or the mental lenses that we wear. And so I think this mindset assessment can be really helpful to help people awake into their mindsets. Is it the number one most accurate tool to uh, assess our mindsets? Well, I'm not sure we could ever develop uh, an incredibly accurate tool to ins- assess something that we are largely non-conscious to. So I, I'm, I don't think it is, you know, the most can be the most accurate tool, but I can, I do think it could be really helpful in helping us awaken ourselves to how we typically see the world. And it can help us understand that there may be better ways of seeing the world. And if we can make some shifts, then we can improve how we think, how we learn, and how we behave. So if you want to dive into your results, I'd be happy to do so. And I just, I'm looking at my results right now, and I thought the results were just the first score. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to kill Christopher. I'm like going to crush him on this one. And then I like, realized oh wait you can scroll down more and there were more scores and then i got sad <laughs> it, i like i'd like to point out right now that it's not a competition <laughs> oh it's a look he, it even says in the top 25 percent or whatever oh. right like it's a con clearly this is a competition <laughs> i see okay so let's talk about the different mindsets so the first one is about fixed or growth mindset will you explain what that means Definitely. When we have a fixed mindset, we see ourselves and others as being unable to change our talents, abilities, and intelligence. I see Alex and, that way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris, you're, you're exposing yourself here. Uh, when we have a growth mindset, we see ourselves and others as being able to change our talents, abilities, and intelligence. And the big difference between these two is when we have this fixed mindset, we have a tendency to see the world in terms of haves and have nots. We either have these skills, talents, abilities, or we don't have these skill, talents, abilities. And when we see the world in this way and we fail, we tend to see failure as as being a message about ourselves. So we are inclined to internalize this. So let me give you a a quick example uh, of this. My freshman year of college, I moved away from, uh, from home and I was thinking I wanted to become a medical doctor. So I signed up for this pre-med weeder chemistry course. And at the end of the end of the semester, I got a, to me, which was a failing grade, the worst grade I'd ever received. It was a C. And, and so now I met with this fail, this failing grade in my eyes. And, and I had this fixed mindset and where my mind went was, well, what are my options from here? Well, To me, it was a message that I clearly don't have the knowledge, skills, and talents to be able to become a medical doctor. 
And so what I did with that mindset is I changed my major. I went to something that felt like a better fit for me or that would come more naturally to me. If I had what I now know as a growth mindset, my growth mindset would have told me something completely different. It would have said, hey, maybe this is an indication that you need to reevaluate your study habits and that rather than give up, you need to buckle down. And, and I, just with that fixed mindset, I, I thought I handled that situation as well as I could. Now knowing about a growth mindset, I see that there was a world of opportunity that I missed out on and that I could have operated more effectively to get closer to my dreams and my desires. Does that make sense? Totally. I'm, I'm picturing, so if you, if, you don't believe, if you don't have a growth mindset, can you still cultivate a growth mindset? It seems like yeah. an oxymoron, right? Like, no, for you sure. You're right. Because when you, when you have this fixed mindset, you're saying I'm stuck. And then there's this proposition of can I even change my mindsets? And, and that is something that those with a fixed mindset really struggle with. Um, but at the same time, it's very possible. And there's been 30 years of research that's demonstrating this. So what we're finding is that watching a three-minute video engaging in a short journaling exercise or going through even a 15-minute training, what it does is, is these things will activate our growth mindset neuroconnections within our brain. And when they're activated, we're going to be more likely to rely upon those in the subsequent near future. So these, these small interventions have been shown to have effects up to two to four weeks. Now, that's not a permanent shift. And so what needs to happen is we need to create habits that require us to engage in these short interventions on a regular basis over time. And what we're doing is we're just, it's just like hitting the gym for our muscles, but we're hitting a gym for our mindsets is we've got to exercise on a regular basis and, and activate those positive mindset neuroconnections. And to the degree to which we do so, we will see a shift um, in our mindsets and we'll come to see the world in a different way than we did before. So basically if we practice, we can change anything for sure. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Should we, I'm curious, would you, are you open to telling us what you, where you fall in these categories? Well, as we share where, where we share, you don't have to, I'm just, no, for sure. And I'll be quite honest with you. I think that one of the reasons why I focus on sets because I need that help as much as anybody else. Uh, sure. so, uh, on the four sets of mindsets that I focus on, I could very deliberately see how I've been on the negative side of each of these continuums. I, I think I, that I have shifted uh, as I've been doing mindset work on myself and helping others to make those shifts. I think I am on the positive side. I think that one of the things that is important to recognize is that our mindsets, we, I think we have a dominant mindset but we also have a, a window in which we fluctuate within depending upon the circumstances that we're in. And so uh, again, the assessment is not a perfect indicator of your mindset. So it's maybe a little bit of a, a better indicator of your mindset in the moment. Uh, but I think it is an indicator of maybe a little bit of where your window is on this continuum from negative to positive. And so I, I, I feel like I'm in a place where I could be self-aware enough in any situation to identify whether or not I'm looking through a negative mindset lens or a positive mindset lens. And that, yeah. just that level of self-awareness is incredibly helpful. I think that's a, a, a really good point. Like, as I noticed, like I said, I was taking this, I took your assessment while I was making coffee this morning before we did this, after a little bit of a workout, you know, woke up with a puppy, like my life is pretty good right now. And I can imagine how I may have answered. I don't think I would like skew it completely the opposite way. But let's say I had, uh, I woke up today and I got three emails that I lost a few clients or that like, you know, the IRS, I owed more money. I think that, you know, you get broken up with. I think that it was really nice to kind of take it in a flat, like almost a more flat place. Nothing super positive happened this morning. But it was kind of a neutral good morning to ha take something and actually assess it versus a I'm super great or I'm super not and actually look at it flat versus taking something like this when you're in a, a negative place or just a super positive place which might skew it. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, for sure. And and let me um, even just take this a step further because 
I think if we are coaching people, our mindsets matter, how we see them, right? So do we see the people that we're coaching that they're able to change or that they're kind of fixed? And in our natural mindset, and about 50% of the population has a fixed mindset, according to Carol Dweck, who's done all the mm-hmm. research on this. Um, and the other half has more of a growth mindset. So if we've got a room full of coaches, roughly 50% of these coaches are going to have more of a fixed mindset. The other half is going to have more of a growth mindset. And this, these mindsets largely exist non-consciously. But what research has found is that those who have a growth mindset they are more likely to give higher quality and higher quantity feedback to the people that they are leading and coaching than those that have a fixed mindset. And so what we may not realize, if we, if we haven't awakened to our mindsets, we've got mindsets and it is shaping the effectiveness of how we're working with our clients. And so if we can awaken to our mindsets, then we become empowered to make some shifts to make ourselves more effective and more successful. Uh, I have I I definitely want to now compete with Alex about our scores, but first I want to uh, talk about this. One of the my favorite things about this is, and I'm a guy who's taken a few online assessments in my life. You know, some mandated by the court. Uh, one of the things I appreciate is that you've given us actions to take based on our mindset. I do have a suggestion for you if you're open to it, Ryan. Are you open yeah. to suggestions? Well, I have so, to be. I, the, the open mindset is the next mindset that we have. <laughs> The uh, the the thing that happened was I clicked on one of the suggested actions or websites or places to go, and it took me away from your website. We got to redo that so that when you click on it, I've still got my assessment, but it opens a new window because what I had to do was take the assessment over again. And now that I knew that I was competing with Alex, I faked all my no, I didn't, I didn't. Gotcha. Okay. It should so. it should land in your inbox when you take it, and, and so and if you don't see it in your inbox, check your spam folder. Okay, so great. So, it'll, so you, my it'll always be a resource for you. Yep. Oh, great. Okay, wonderful. Um, okay, Alex, what you got on fixed versus growth? Which way did you go? On uh, fixed versus growth, I was a seven, which is the top score of the growth side, which says you have a strong growth mindset. I'm a I'm a six. I'm not saying you're a better man than me. I'm just saying that you know <laughs> I'm a man with some responsibilities and. Uh, Okay, so what does that mean, right? That that he's a seven and I'm a six. Well, this is great. So you guys fully believe that uh, that you and others can change uh, your talents, abilities, intelligence. So uh, you are inclined when you face a challenge or even failure that you're able to see this as an opportunity to learn and grow, and that uh, you, when we, one of the natural byproducts of having a fixed mindset is our primary focus becomes on wanting to look good. We want to protect our image because our image is how we portray that we're a have as opposed to a have not. Um, So when we have a, when we have a fixed mindset, our primary focus becomes on looking good because we don't want to be seen as a failure. And when we have a growth mindset, our primary focus becomes on learning and growing. And so depending on our mindsets, we're going to work towards improving our self-image in different ways. And so for you two with a growth mindset, the way that you improve your self-image is by developing yourself. Those that have more of a fixed mindset, they're going to improve their self-image by trying to look good. And so it's a little bit of improving the, the facade a little bit. Not that that's a bad thing. Whereas those with more of a growth mindset are going to improve their self-worth by developing what's on the inside. And that's going to be their primary focus. Something I learned, and I I don't know if there's something you can put in on this for like a second or so. When I read, I read um, Carol Dweck's, uh, what's it, is it called Mindset, right? Yep. Um, I remember one of the, the things I learned that I thought was one of the most impactful was your in this area, it doesn't apply to everything. Like you could have a growth mindset around your intelligence or around your job, but you could have a fixed mindset around your fitness or around your parenting skills. And cause I, 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 even as you were talking, I was like, well, in some areas I'm like all about the looking good over the growth. But I think what you're pointing to is this is like an overall kind of metric and no one is fixed in any of these categories. Yeah, precisely. And, I, and I've and i fallen victim to that as well. I used to think that I, I couldn't lose weight. Like I would try 
to I would I would start working out more. I would try to eat, uh, you know, at least cut out snacks. Um, but I I never was able to lose weight. And then I one you know I, I finally kind of bit the bullet. I said I'm going to lose go on this healthy eating plan. Um, it's a program called Octavia. And in the course of eight weeks, I lost 30 pounds. And and after that, now I believe now it's doable. But for a period of time, there was I I didn't. I, I was reluctant to try to lose weight because I didn't believe that I could do it. Um, and, and so, yeah, you're, you're completely right that these can be uh, with different areas of our lives as well as more broadly. Nice. Should we go to the next one? I just want to know if he wins or if I win or if we're both. It sounds like we're both winners. Everybody's a winner in, in the mindset game. All right. Uh, what's next? What'd you get next? Oh, this is where it just, you know, it just starts to go downhill from here. Uh, in, uh, what is the next one called? The next Open one? and closed. Yeah. Do, do we want, Ryan, do you want to tell us really quickly what open and closed is so people know it before we even hit on our, our scores? Let's do it. So uh, I'm going to use a metaphor to define these. So when we have a closed mindset, we see our mind as a bucket that is full. In other words, we think that what we know is best. That's and closed. That's a closed mindset. Yeah. And so when we think that what we know is best and our bucket is full, what happens if we pour something into a full bucket? Well, everything is going to run off the side. Nothing is going to be absorbed. So when we think that what we know is best, uh, which is not uncommon for those of us who see ourselves as experts, which we legitimately know a lot and and should see ourselves as knowing per- you know, that we know things pretty well. Um, what happens is when we see ourselves as, as knowing what is best, we are become focused on being right and being seen as being right. And so we want to be the one providing the answers, not asking questions or inviting feedback or new perspectives. Those that have an open mindset, it's not that they don't believe that they kind of have a certain level of expertise, but what they're doing in their bucket is they're saving some room in, for, in their bucket for the idea that they can be wrong. And when we believe that there's a possibility that we can be wrong, we no longer become focused on being right. We become focused on finding truth and thinking optimally. And so we, in, when we have that desire to find truth and think optimally, we are asking questions, we are inviting feedback, we are seeking new perspectives, and we see disagreements as opportunities to learn and grow, as opposed to when we have a closed mindset, we're going to see disagreement as a threat and generally get defensive. Um, and so hopefully that analogy kind of helps, helps us understand the difference between the two. And I will say most of the people that I talk to um, on podcasts that have taken the assessment, they say, I have a closed mindset. And, and it's, this is nothing for us to beat ourselves up over. It's just a way to become aware of ourselves and maybe what our starting place is and that and where we need to go to improve. And so it's tough for experts at times to have an open mindset because they have so much expertise. And oftentimes the people that they're working with just don't know as much as they do. And so we have an, a tendency to come across as though we know what is best and be less open to the ideas and suggestions of others. So me feeling like you shouldn't tell me to not beat myself up over this is me having a close mind. <laughs> um, I love the I love the research that you reference around uh, from a TED talk. A researcher reports that eighty five percent of people consider themselves to be self aware, but when you test them, only fifteen percent are actually self aware. That's perfect. You like the exact inverse, right? Eighty five. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So I was a four. Wow, which, which I would have thought would have been, I mean, on the, on the little arrow chart, it looks like it's in the middle, but it says that it's in the bottom 25%. So percents in middle are not accurate here. No, so yeah, yeah so no, this is a great point. And, and one that I, I'm glad you brought up because these measures, they were not created. Uh, we've got a scale from one to seven and we paint it as a continuum, but the scales were not created so that the average was a four, which is got in it. the middle of a one to seven. And so, 
um, really the value from this comes from your comparison to the 10,000 other people who have taken the assessment. And so the, the average for on the scale for um, closed to open is a five. And, and so everything is based upon, and then we do a quartile breakdown for the assessment. And so um, there's, it, it shouldn't be a surprise to us that most of us think that we're probably more open-minded than we really are. Um, myself oh, no. included. I'm and so, so it's skewed a little <laughs> bit more towards that open-minded side. No, this wasn't, this wasn't to read, you have a strong closed mindset. And when the first bullet point says, I am the expert, so why should I waste my time hearing low quality ideas? <laughs> I went, yeah, this is also my biggest area of opportunity in relationships is to actually be able to um, disagree, see disagreements as opportunity for growth instead of as threats. It's actually a testament to your will, to your ability to change that you and I can work together this long, right? Because <laughs> you must have you must have dismissed me and my nonsense a long time ago. Uh, I got I'm I'm smoking you on this one. I'm five point eight. I'm practically the most open minded person in the world. <laughs> practically, I like that. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so and I love it that there are things to do. Are um, does he, since his score is so pathetic, get a much uh, different list of uh, recommendations than I did, or do we all sort of get similar recommendations based? No, on yeah, similar recommendations. Yep. Okay, great. Next is prevention and promotion. What are we scoring here, and why is it important? Yeah, let me jump in and and just kind of define these for us. So, and I'm going to use an analogy to define these. When when we have a prevention mindset, and if we imagine that we are a ship captain in the middle of the ocean with this prevention mindset, our number one focus is on not sinking. So, a prevention mindset is we're wanting to avoid problems, wanting to avoid um, failure. And when we have this focus on not sinking, then we don't want to take on any risk. We want to avoid problems. We don't want to rock the boat. And, and so what ends up happening is when a storm comes on the horizon, as they inevitably do, our natural inclination is to protect us so that we don't sink. So we run to a place of safety. But we've got to ask ourselves, is that place of safety, that harbor or that port, the destination that we originally set out for? And generally, it's not. Those that have a promotion mindset, it's not that they're not concerned about sinking because they are, but they're so much more concerned about getting to a destination. And so when that storm comes on the horizon, they prepare to take on the storm, and then they, they are become willing to take the risk to brave the winds and the currents of the sea because that's the only way that they get to their destination. And so I'm, uh, I don't know what this says about me, but I'm related to 18 people that came across on the Mayflower. Um, and, wow. and if I just imagine, here's these people coming across on the Mayflower and they're going to hit a storm. Well, if they hit a storm, the prevention mindset would say, well, let's just go to Portugal and call it good. All right. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's those that have the promotion mindset that are willing to brave that storm to get to where they wanted to go. So, right, they had a purpose. They had an outcome they were shooting for, and they were going to do whatever it took to get there. And that's having that promotion mindset. So that the prevention mindset is really justifiable because we don't want to have problems. But if we focus on, on avoiding problems, we ultimately become the passenger of our life and not the driver of it. Really great. Did you see how he worked that Mayflower thing in there? I did. Yeah. Did your How did your relatives get here? Um, uh, I have no idea. They probably were running away from something. <laughs> <laughs> My people are Irish, so I think you know what you're dealing with. I think that's why most people. I actually just learned yesterday, and this to talk about the Mayflower, that we're taught that the original settlers or pilgrims or whatever we want to call them that came were coming for freedom of religion. Right. Persecuting persecution. Yeah. But that's actually not the truth. They were that the way religion shifted in England and other and in Spain and other countries was that they were becoming the most conservative and the most fundamental of the of uh, Christians. And it had become more relaxed, right? Like the who's the king of England who like 
murdered his wife so he could have more wives and divorces and all this. He, he was Henry VIII. Henry Thank VIII. you. And so that the people that actually came over were the were more staunch and more conservative, more fixed in their beliefs than what they were leaving. They were. I just want to. I just need a little disclaimer here. Accomplishment Media does not promote Christianity above uh, over any other religion, any other credo was, or faith. Also, uh, all Christians, everyone is Christian in those areas. Fundamental. Wow. Wow. Everyone. Yeah. Except for all the people who was Islamic or Buddhist. Yeah. Yes, everybody. But those, they weren't, there were no Islamics, Buddhism and Jews on the Mayflower. But that's Ryan, a- I'd like to apologize for my co-host behavior here today. And I want to thank you very much for coming and start starting us off on this uh, religious uh, persecution model. Let's go back to from. <laughs> Do you need hey, to say I, anything else, Alex? Hey, well, clearly Christopher has a yeah. closed mindset to learning something new. <laughs> nice. I see what you did there. Uh, so prevention or promotion. Now, this actually, I I can sort of predict where I am because, Alex, where are you? Like, I've got a friend who loves to race boats. And I get on the boat, and I'm terrified. And if I steer the boat, I'm like, let's go flat. And when he steers the boat, he's like, let's go on the edge faster, you know? Um, so I know that I'm like a... Uh, prevention guy what about you Alex Uh, I would have thought that uh, you know it scored pretty accurately so it has me I mean I I, I got where I was like I know I'm not connected to being totally safe but I also know I'm not you know 500 miles an hour on the boat on the side like risking it all Um, and I so I scored a 4.5 which it said is slightly more promotion than average we're we are brothers I am 4.83 yeah. So to we're both a, little, a little, both a little bigger than average. That's nice. It's a good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, this is why we can't have nice things. We go from the religious thing right into. Oh, Ryan, I'm so sorry. I just apologize. Professional podcasting. Um, so, what do you what do you make of us with a couple of four and a half guys? Uh, so, the, in in one sense of this, I think it's it's great. Um, you wouldn't have started up a podcast uh, if you didn't have a promotion mindset, right? Because mm-hmm. this is not playing it safe. There is no immediate return on your investment to this. This is a purpose-driven endeavor with a long-term view, right? So, True. so it's no surprise that you have more of more of a promotion mindset. The but I also would say that this represents just an area of opportunity that if we could shift more towards the promotion mindset, uh, then you're likely going to realize more success. That in some ways that you may be putting a little bit of of uh, a cap on what you can reach. That you're you're holding yourself back from a a brighter future, and and it's justifiable, right? Because you, I think what happens in our life is we get to a place where we feel really comfortable and we kind of want to stay there because we know how much work it takes to drive towards a destination against the winds and the currents that are pushing against us. That's a lot of work. Um, and so I think one of the things that really helps people become more promotion minded is, is getting cl- greater clarity on their purpose and the meaning behind that purpose. And, and when we beca- when we could become driven by purpose as opposed to driven to avoid problems, then we're going to be more pro- promotion minded. That's really good. And also, what my um, counselor said to me in middle middle school: I could do better. I'm holding myself back. It's very clear. All right, <laughs> thanks. All right. Uh, so what what we've learned so far is that there's a growth and a fixed component. There's open and closed. There's promotion and prevention, sort of caution versus willingness to get out there. And now the the final of the four that you evaluate for us or invite us to evaluate is outward and inward. Now, what does this mean? And is one better than the other? Yeah, so an inward is more on the negative side. When we have an inward mindset, we see ourselves as more important than others. And when we see ourselves as more important than others, we're inclined to see them more as objects. Hmm. Uh, so, for example, it sounds like we're all Southern California people. So, when, they're, when we're on the freeway and there's traffic and somebody's got their blinker in and they want to merge into your lane and you're like, uh-uh, and you speed up, this is us having an inward mindset, right? Because what we're saying is my place in this lane is more important to me than it is to you. And, and, and that's kind of a jerk thing to do, to not let somebody in when they've got their blinker on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the way that we justify this is we say, 
I didn't, we don't say I didn't let that person in is we'll say I didn't let that car in, right? So we're dehumanizing that, that person as a way to make us feel better. Uh, when we have an outward mindset, we see others and, and their needs and wants as being just as important as ours. And when we see others as being just as important as ourselves, we're able to see them as people and to value them as such. So to give you a, a great example of this, there's a guy named Benjamin Zander, who's the founder mm-hmm. and conductor of the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra. Philadelphia. He, Boston. 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 You're right. Yep. Sorry, my bad. And he he um, he said during the first half of his career, he was this authoritative conductor, and he viewed his musicians not as people but as instruments, there to play the music the way that he wanted it played so that he could get all the notoriety. But he had an epiphany where he said that while he may be the face of the orchestra, he doesn't play a note. And that led him to see things differently, that that rather his musicians were not instruments, but people. And if he could get them to play the music, they were best capable of playing it instead of the way that he wanted them to play it, they would produce more beautiful music. And he's gone on to really shape and change the culture of orchestra conductors across the country, really across the world because of that philosophy. And that's, that's that shift from an inward mindset to an outward mindset. All right. So I'm, I'm embarrassed by my results here. Do you want to talk, Alex, about your... Can you get negatives? <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. You know, when I, when I read this, though, I want to point out, it's funny because I think it's the same thing we were just talking about. You have four things. Recall a time when and you have failed to let someone in your lane. When I'm driving, I'm like overly, like, like outward, like I'm overly outward. I'm like letting people in because I think about all the times when people don't do that for me. And I'm very, but the other ones you did failed to pull your weight in a work project. I am like totally the kid who was like, how can I put myself with the smart kids and do the least possible? And they're going to do all the work for me. Um, failed to give some support to someone, you know, when you had the ability all the time <laughs> like, and failed to do something kind for a family member. When I'm with my family, I'm like sitting around praying that they're not going to ask me to do something for them. Because if I say no, then I feel bad. And if I say yes, then I'm annoyed that I said yes. And so I sat there and I, when I read these, I was like, again, it's the same thing, right? It doesn't, it doesn't fall to every different thing. Like I'm a lot more, what I recognized is when it comes to the people in my life that I'm actually close with, I'm a lot more inward. I'm actually way more focused on myself with the people that I care about, which is weird. And maybe it's because I think that they'll care about me anyway, even if I'm a jerk. And I'm connecting that to being a jerk. And when it's people that don't know me, like when it comes to like society as a whole or the world, I actually am like, we need to do what's right for human beings. We need to do what's better for the whole, which I think was a cool like realization. Overall, I was a four, which puts me in the bottom 25%. And it says, I have a strong inward mindset. And then there was a, um, you are a curse word in uh, brackets. <laughs> Didn't say that. There's no curse words in Ryan Gottfriedson's work, <laughs> just to be clear. Um, yeah, I also, I'm a, I'm a 4.4, so I beat you so badly. Uh, but the, <laughs> it's interesting because I, I relate to the comments you make about being a parent, right? And influencing versus kind of dominating because you have the power, right? That's a really great point for me. And I think for a lot of leaders to remember is that our power is often what we rely on and it should be the last thing we rely on, right? We should be focused on influence and improvement to, to your point about Benjamin Zander, right? We should be someone they want to follow and play for as opposed to have to follow and play for. So um, you've heard our you've heard our results, you know, um, some of us higher in others, but sort of kind of following each other. The only dramatic differences are maybe in the first two. What um, what do you make of us? Have we got the makings of uh, people who are, are going to be able to influence others and make a difference in life? Are we going to make it? <laughs> are we going to be successful? We, we could definitely make it. We, I mean, because we could always find people that have the negative mindsets that have been really successful. Now, how they've gone about it in the best way possible, you know, that, that's debatable. I, I think one of the things that I appreciate about your 
conversations and what you've brought up um, is your willingness to be vulnerable vulnerable about this. So I appreciate that. I think, and what I, I sense, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I sense that there is just by doing this and by talking through it, there's been a deepening of self-awareness. And, and it, it just gives us this opportunity to look at what we typically look through, right? So we're typically looking through our mindsets, but we're now taking this opportunity to look at our mindsets. And this is, that's the epitome of mindfulness, is we are looking at what we typically look through. And when we are more mindful, we're going to navigate our situations much more effectively. And so that's what I believe that just kind of doing this exercise will hopefully benefit uh, each of you and really anybody who takes uh, takes the assessment. And so when, when I hear Alex say, you know, maybe I'm more uh, inward minded with my family than with others. Like, let's, let's not kind of diminish how significant of a discovery is this? Because who are the people that we care the most about? Who are the people that we should be the most outward towards? Right? It should be our family. And that's, and Alex, I, I, I just feel like I could relate to you because that's been me. And that's the set of mindsets that I've struggled the most with because when we have an inward mindset, our desire is to get ahead. When we have an outward mindset, our desire is to lift others. And, and if we can make that shift, what ends up happening is the more, what, we, what I found for myself is the more that we lift others, the more we actually get ahead. The more we focus on getting ahead is the more we get in our own way. And, and so um, that's just been a lesson for me that I'm continually working on. Uh, but I, I hope that, uh, anyways, I, I hope that you feel like this has been a good opportunity to just kind of step back and, and improve our self-awareness a little bit. It really is. And I, I appreciate it because it gives me some, I, like I said before, the thing that I love most is concrete action steps for improvement, growth, you know, I suppose it's growth mindedness to think that we can change and, and can improve. And so I, I want to, and I love having these very clear. And in some cases like, Oh, I already read that. Or, Oh, I already saw that Ted talk. So really, really um, helpful for me. What about uh, you, Alex, anything that you want to uh, follow up with or share? No, I, I mean, you know what you just said, Ryan, like the, what did you, I wrote it down. Uh, what we uh, look at what we looking at what we typically look through. And I think like, you know, I'm very, my, my, uh, my typical mindset would be to look at something on the surface and then give it a meaning, right? Like, Oh, I'm inward. So I'm an asshole. And instead of actually going, wait a minute, there's your, this, none of these are like one way or the other. This is not a black and white conversation. And Hey, so how do I practice bringing this, idea of how I am with the world to my family and not, I think the, the, the first thought that I had was, man, you, you take for granted the people that love you because you just assume that they will, because you know, they're your family, which maybe they will, maybe they won't, but it's irrelevant. Like who I am with them is, is the power that I have and the choice. And as I look at these other things, you know, I think, I love the, to Christopher's point, like the tools, because hey, there's areas like I, I think of myself as wanting to be open-minded because I want, I'm like obsessed with learning. I love reading. But then even in that area, right, you give me a book and I'll read it and I will like walk around spouting all the things I learned from it. But if you and I sit down and have a disagreement about something, I'll be more closed. So how do I bring, like, how do I view a conversation with somebody that disagrees with me just like a book that might be saying something that I don't necessarily agree with? Um, like, how do I practice that? And I, I love that you have some tools and some tips that we can actually start doing right now. Yeah, which is really what we're doing with this. And, and I just kind of came across this recently, and it's been a game changer, is when we increase our capacity to look at what we typically look through, what we are actually doing is we are stepping up in our mental maturity. And when we have those who, that have lower levels of mental maturity are, are the ones that typically instinctively react to their situations instead of consciously respond to their situations. They're the ones that when they're presented with complexity, 
such as this brought up earlier, like with this COVID-19 thing is there's, there's complexity here because we want safety and we also want the economy to run, right? And that is a very complex thing that's going on. Those that are less mentally mature will have a tendency to take a strong stand on one side or the other or avoid the issue altogether. Those that are more mentally mature will be able to sit right in the middle of this complexity and weigh the pros and cons of each and be able to hear things on different perspectives. And so as we are going on this journey to improve our ability to look at what we typically look through, what we're doing is we're increasing in our mental maturity and our, and what that does in the long run, run, long run is it improves our capabilities to navigate complex situations. And so as it, everybody is being affected by this COVID-19 situation, the ones that are responding to it better are the ones who have developed greater mental maturity, the ones that are going to struggle and really kind of uh, find themselves kind of lost are those that are the ones that may be less mentally mature and it's causing them to jump to some perhaps incorrect conclusions and beat themselves up over it. I really love that. That's so clear. Um, The man is... Ryan Gottfriedson, Dr. Ryan Gottfriedson, if you want to acknowledge his PhD, uh, you can find him on the web at Ryan, R-Y-A-N, Gottfriedson, G-O-T-T-F-R-E-D-S-O-N.com. His book is Success Mindsets, and at that, RyanGottfriedson.com, you can also take the free personal mindset assessment to figure out where your scores are on these four mindset evaluations. Um, Ryan, if you could, if you could, uh, wave your magic wand and give us all something to keep in mind as we're dealing with this, you know, stresses of working from home and the uncertainty about the future and maybe some grief or PTSD as we've lost clients or jobs or situations or the ability to date our sweetheart. What, uh, what would you leave us with or where would you focus our attention? Yeah, great question. I'm going to give you four desires, and we've kind of talked about them as we've gone through these different mindsets. And I want you to think, are these good or bad desires to have? So we've got a desire to look good, a desire to be right, a desire to avoid problems, and a desire to get ahead. These desires on the surface seem to be good desires, because who wants to look bad, be wrong, have problems, and get passed up? Well, nobody does. But these desires are actually attached to the negative mindsets that we talked about. And the reason why they're negative is because they're self-focused. And when we have these desires, we are in self-protection mode. When, when we, if we can shift and understand the four desires associated with the positive mindsets, we're going to set ourselves up for success. So instead of wanting to look good, we should want to learn and grow. Instead of wanting to be right, we should want to find truth. Instead of wanting to avoid problems, we should want to reach goals. And instead of wanting to get ahead, we should desire to lift others. And and when we're over on these positive mindsets with these positive desires, we're in organization advance mode. And so we we started by talking about this COVID-19 situation is incentivizing us to pull into our shells like a turtle and get into this self-protection mode. But if we truly want to be our ideal selves, we need to shift over and get into this organization advance mode. And it really, this is kind of creativity mode. And if we can do that, we're going to negate whatever situation we encounter much more successfully than in self-protection mode. Beautiful and so important because you're exactly right. We all want to contract during this time. It feels scary and uncertain. And for at least me, you know, those of us that are scared when the <laughs> when the boat's tipping over, um, we want to we want to sort of hunker down as opposed to looking at what possibilities there are for growth and expansion and and even um, advancement. I love the point about advancements in organizations. Now is an excellent time for organizations to put their resources to infrastructure projects and all the things that we can't do when we're in the throes of daily business as usual, right? Um, Alex, anything uh, else for you? We want to let people know uh, more about where what they can find or get uh, more information about Ryan, but anything for you? 
I mean, I think we just, Ryan just needs to remind, you know, we just want Ryan to remind you that um, not to use this as a weapon, you know, to use the mental maturity, like, you know, to against me or your wife, you're just being mentally immature right now. I can just see this going, you know, off the because, rails. Because my mindset is so much more open than yours. <laughs> Listen, this kind of comment is what I expect from a four. I get it. I get it. I understand. I feel like we should, uh, every podcast, there should be some assessment involved. <laughs> if you want to be on this podcast, you have to have an assessment that we can compare each other against. Each other. Next um, on the coaching show, planks. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Um, no, I think, you know, I want to, um, I love this. I think it's, I think what you've done is really cool and really powerful. And I want to, um, this is, I just want to, this is free for anyone, right? Like we can, anyone can go take this and use this, these tools. Um, and I don't know, Christopher, I don't know if you said it where your book, is it available? Like Amazon everywhere? Is it simply available? Where do people? Yep. In fact, the book just hit Amazon bestseller. It's the number five book on business books at the moment, which is great. Uh, We are running an ebook uh, promotion that's helping drive some of those numbers up. So the ebook and audiobook are currently available the print version and the big book release is May 5th. Um, and you could go out on my website, get some promotional giveaways uh, associated with all of that. So um, thanks for bringing that up. That would be yeah. Ryan Gottfriedson, R-Y-A-N-G-O-T-T-F-R-E-D-S-O-N.com forward slash books or forward slash personal hyphen mindset hyphen assessment. Ryan, uh, it's been great to be with you, man. Thank you so much for this work. Thanks for being a uh, willing to come out here and, you know, deal with us knuckleheads. Is there a, is there a parting thought or a parting shot today? Something you'd like to leave a few thousand coaches with as we move forward? No, no. If you feel like that you can use the mindset assessment in your practice, go ahead and use it. Um, One of the things that I do when I work with organizations is I'll have people take, you know, a leadership team, take the mindset assessment in advance. And then when I present some workshops, I can aggregate those up to the collective level to see what are our group's collective mindsets. And it really leads to some very deep and transformative discussion. And so if that that's something that I, I partner with a wide variety of coaches on being able to produce those reports. And so if folks are interested in, in that, in addition to just the standard assessment that's, that's available, um, there's an opportunity to do that as well. Yeah, I really, I, I haven't acknowledged you for this, but what I love about it is that with your PhD and with your organizational history and, and qualifications, because you've worked with some of the big names, um, you're really promoting self-awakening and mindfulness in an organizational setting and in a way that organizations can relate to it, hear it, and understand that it's key to their success. I really appreciate that. And I love that in your book, you don't mince words. You know, it's success mindsets, which every executive could uh, have on their desk, right? And then the minute you get into it, uh, you start off about self-awakening and that it's it's like, hey, you're going to shift out of this work. Man, it's great to be with you. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. I'm sorry I missed you in Orange County when I was up there uh, virtually, but yeah, virtually I'll be running with you later today. <laughs> uh, Alex, anything for you? No. Uh, just I feel like I, wait, like I woke you up a lot today. No, Are you okay? No, yeah. I'm, I'm good. I feel like I learned a lot. I feel like I got a lot of like, I'm, I like looked at this and I was like, man, I got a lot of like work to do. I got a lot. It's that growth mindset. There's a lot to take on. I think this was... Uh, a really nice way to see some things that I knew that I was like not strong in or could grow and improve in, in a really, in a way that was digestible. You know, a lot of times when we get feedback, it's like hard, at least with my mindset, it's hard to hear. And I, you know, you get to, and there was something about this that made it really easy to look at and go, Oh yeah. And that's an area that you can, you know, you can shift and change. Um, and now I just want to remind people, yeah, to, to join the 30-day, the free 30-day challenge that I have created, um, How Not to Lose Your Shit and other mindfulness tools. You can find it on Eventbrite. You can find it uh, if you go to uh, Inspirational Alex on Instagram. There's a link in my profile. And it is totally free for the next 30 days. That is great. And I'm uh, just 
losing my own, uh, you know, I got all uh, uh, up in the success mindsets book and uh, wanted to make sure that I ordered one so that we can get that thing past number five to number four. The website again is Ryan Gottfriedson. That's R-Y-A-N-G-O-T-T-F-R-E-D-S-O-N.com. Find out uh, more about the your own personal mindset by taking the personal mindset assessment and get his book and drive it up even further, even higher than five uh, success mindsets. As he said, there's an ebook available now and an audio book and and soon to come on May 5th, the book in print. That's Alex Terranova. You can find him at thedreammason.com. And I'm Christopher McAuliffe right here with you each and every week, bringing you people out on the cutting edge of coaching or people who are just plain interesting or that you need to know about right here on Accomplishment Media or wherever fine podcasts are available. I thank you, dear listener, for being with us. And we will talk to you next week. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week.